Uh, good day, everyone. My name is Eunice Oladoko. I'm a content writer. I am also a recent graduate from a college and I'm based in Nigeria. Hello and welcome to Obehi Podcast. I'm your host, Obehi Ewanfo. And I strongly believe that everyone has a story to share. Now let's get started with this episode. Ibadan is that uh, Ibadan used to be very calm, peaceful, still. Contrary to how it is now, it's becoming a mega city because it's very close to Lagos State, and Lagos State is populated, and the people there are they, it's, uh, they are kind of I, I won't say they are they are, they are shifting to the state. So growing up for me, I grew up in that calm city where you can predict what time to get to work, and you get to work. No traffic, no no insurgency of any kind. Yeah, and my upbringing was mostly. I, I think I had the routine. Now thinking about it, was mostly church. My parents are they are they are they are into ministry. My dad is a reverend, and my mom is a minister. So it was mostly church, and then a bit of the video party. I don't think so. Yeah, we did uh, mostly church and. School, definitely. My parents are high on education, trust me, even till now. My mom, yeah, my mom is, uh, is a, uh, she's a secondary school teacher. So you can imagine how it is like you get back from school, you get to do your assignments. Later in the evening, you go for prayer meeting in church. Saturdays are for house chores. And I think that was, that was how I lived my first 15 years. And 16 years was actually the first time I stepped out of Ibadan. That was admission processes started taking me to different states. I started writing jam, Postutiemi, and Postutiemi was the first thing that took me to Lagos. Yes. <laughs> I never stepped into Lagos until 16, until I call clock 16 years. And from Lagos, I went to Akure, that's in Ondo State, still in Nigeria. From there, I went to, yeah, different Southwest. And when admission wasn't getting easy, I proceeded to North Central now. And that was why I landed in University of Illinois, where I had my first degree. Yeah, so Illinois. Il- Il- yes, University of Illinois. That was where I had my first degree. So that was that was how my my life revolved. That my life, sorry, my life revolved around church or family, a close knitted family. Though we had people live with us because obviously my parents are the ministry people, and people get to come stay. So our house was. Was that was that um how do I put it now? I know you I don't know if you have a picture of a pastor's house in your mind right now. That's exactly how it is. Everybody wants to stay with pastor, or they don't want to, but then because pastor is their wrong wrong to pastor is the one that will take in that comment but I just got to the state and does not have an accommodation. They someone will just say, Okay, you can go and see the pastor and pump yeah in our house. So it was just like that. We never had it was a it was a small family, but then we had people come and go and live with us. Summarily, childhood was 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 exploration for me. As well, it was it was such an exploration time. We had so many things all together. That's interesting. The daughter of the of a pastor, so you are sort of privileged because a lot of people are coming. A lot of things are also going on there, right? A lot of beautiful things, is it? it? Mm, privilege now. 
Yeah, I hope people say that. Oh, come on, you're privileged. Your father is in the altar. How much privilege can Actually, you be in Nigeria? Get, okay, now, I didn't get to see all of this thing until when I came into full maturity of my person in God myself. I didn't like it. For the longest time as a teen and as a child, I hated being a pastor child. Trust me. You know, you have to go for every meeting. There's just There was just two unsaid expectation that people had about us. You had to, and my parents were, were, were a little bit strict because of that. So they would tolerate other children, but they would not tolerate you. So they were too high. I, I, I wouldn't say too now because, like I said, I am a grown person now. I've come to appreciate all of those training put together now. But then it wasn't like that. Then it was more like we're being maltreated, weren't given access to things. Why should it be us? Why are they bothered? I have to go for every meeting, go early to church. Because of those things, it was. It looks like we're being maltreated to me. Trust me, it wasn't a privilege. It became a privilege when I clocked 16 and I was made the, the team pastor then. Now, I won't say, was it a privilege at that time? No, it was still sacrifice and responsibility because I was like, why can they not choose every, why, why, why else? But it became a privilege when I came to uh, a personal discovery moment of myself and I began to connect with my being, the God in me. And I found out that all of these things put together have made up a very disciplined woman because my parents have discipline now. I don't have them around. Nobody's trying to monitor my movements, but then the instilled discipline, the unsaid, the, the, there was just this atmosphere around that just groomed us, and we, we are seeing it now. Yeah, so. The kind of lifestyle you were living helped you to discover the God in you. I said that is very interesting. I don't know if you want to uh, spend some time explaining that. Okay, yeah, yeah, definitely. The, the topic of God, I, I'm sure you can see me grinning now. <laughs> the topic <laughs> of God, it, it gets me excited, really, because I look at myself, I'm like, it's God. I'm big on God. Uh, so this was it for me. You know how that, as a child, it was not interesting, or you don't even understand what's going on, but then you're being forced to go for every meeting in church. You are being forced to wake up at 5 a.m. In fact, when you're praying, you're sleeping. But then... All of all these activities put together, like I said, everything put together because it's not just one. All of these activities put together when I now came, when I when I turned 16 and then I was introduced to, it was still the name, same normal routine, but it just began to make sense to me. And because I'd spent enough time around certain people, certain beliefs, I've, though I didn't understand, but I've overheard God is my maker. God is God loves me. God did this. God died for me. God uh, God God resurrected for me. If I believe in it, you know, it's the the they said your mindset is your reality, and mindset is is, is a product of conviction. So I'd stayed or I'd, it's just how you what you build yourself around something. I stayed around a particular set of belief over a time and. I just built conviction. So when I came to that age where I started getting in tune with myself, that was the thing I got in tune with. So I didn't have time to start processing all that thing of, okay, is God did this? No, I've overheard the nature of God, the character of God, the person of Jesus Christ. 
for a very long time. And when I wanted to just find myself, that was what I found. That was, that's just it. It's just how you've been around, you give that to a child now. The child is in, uh, let's say, this particular land where I am. By default, even if the child of the parent are not, uh, they're not citizens or, or they're not, uh, they do not hail from this land. Just because the child had positioned himself around people, persons who speak this language, by default, when the child wants to connect with language for the very first time, the child connects to the native language. It's the same thing to how it looks like though, oh, you're just forcing all these children, they don't understand, just leave them. They are connecting with it. The very first time when they want to come in touch with God, they come in touch with the beliefs you've surrounded them with over time. So that was my encounter. And that's very interesting. What kind of question were you asking your father, be the daughter of a pastor now? What kind of curiosity were you having about God that you were asking your father to sort of clarify for you? Because children always have curiosity. I think a pastor children should also have. <laughs> okay. Well, I can't I can't remember any now, but one that one question I know that bothered me. I can't remember asking, but one question I know that bothered me as a as a young child or anything even in my team would be their personal, the Holy Spirit. So you know how you see people speaking certain language, they're just hearing blah 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 blah. So it was it was disturbing for me because my parents' church didn't do that. So mostly I saw those things on TV. I saw them probably we are walking down the street and there's this church beside the road where I just overhear people. And I'm, he, 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 I'm not, like I said, I'm not sure I ever asked him, but it was a question that, that lingered on my heart for the longest time. And I got answered to it at age 16. I'm, I'm sure I've mentioned age 16, 17 very much in this video. And that's because that, that was the year I caught God. <laughs> uh, how did it happen? Can you take us uh, through the process? I mean, how did this encounter happen? Oh, nice. So I I got born again at a very young age, at age eight now. But then I I got filled with the Holy Spirit age 13. But then I think I just, you know, I, I've come to realize that you can get people born again, but you need to get them discipled. It's not just enough that you bring people to God. So I was introduced into the Christian faith, but I wasn't discipled. I was not, nobody followed me up because I've come to realize that there are, the when, when a man gets born again, when a man comes into God, it's more like like the Bible said, and permit me to quote the scripture, that's in 2 Corinthians 5, 17, when it says, if any man be in Christ, he's a new creature. So the new creature, which is the word kainos, it means new, never existed before. So it's the same way when a man comes comes to God, when a man receives the life of God. I needed followership and discipleship, even though I, I that, that was what I lacked. Not that I just got born again at age 16. Was that age that I I I just I left school uh shortly after then. So I was free. I had access to social media, I'll be at home all through the day. And I just picked interest in Facebook and I would that was actually how writing started for me. Yes, that was how writing. I always look around me, look for stories, uh, look for events, and just bring out lessons from it. And I will put it online. And people started following me. They're like, oh, my God, I love the way you bring out experiences from your life events. 
And this woman followed me. Her name is Ife Grace Dada. And she took interest in me. One, for one day, but I found out that she stayed very close to my area. And I just started visiting her. Not even, no, even before visiting her, I just started following her consciously now. So I would digest her content. She's a Christian writer. Uh, yeah, she's a, she's a full-blown Christian writer. I'm sure many people know her if I mention. Like I mentioned, I think I mentioned her name earlier. Her name is Ife Grace Dada. She has a popular website where she, she's a storyteller, a Christian storyteller, where she writes fictional story all about the Christian living. So I would read her content, ingest them, internalize them. And, you know, I picked interesting and that was an indirect encounter I had with her. And it discipled me. I began to follow. And one day she discovered me. I don't know. I was still a teen then, right? I was still a teen. And he amazes people that, yes, I think he amazed because I'm no longer a teen. But he amazed them that with this young lady, everybody thought I was in my 20s. But I was just 17, 18. <laughs> and she took interest, started checking up on me. I remember my first Android phone, she got it for me. So that was my encounter with followership, discipleship. Like I said, that was the encounter I had. Not The encounter was not as though I fell off or I fell down, I saw a vision. No, the encounter was with a believer who is, who is growing. So God surrounded me. I think what, what the encounter then was that God brought to me a company of people to, to follow. So I began to see that there is more to this Christian life than just attending church services, just not doing some things because my dad is a pastor, because my parents are, they are, they are the forefront. I can't afford to disgrace them. So it now became a conscious lifestyle. Now I came into the realization of who I am in God. I realized, okay, if I won't do this, it won't be because my parents occupy a position. It will be because I understand what the scripture says concerning this. It will be because I have uh, I have a strong connection with my maker. And I know that whoever that is born of God, sin it not. Because the seed of God is, is in him and he would not sin because he's born of God. So all of those things, just following that. And then personal encounter with her where she took me in. She began to, she just saw me as her kid sees. And till now, we're still in communication. So that was the encounter. It was not as though I had a, an Abrahamic voice, my daughter, my daughter. No, 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 far from it. It was just right. surrounded with her. Actually, I was thinking that is how you got the, the call because that is what we hear people say often. Uh, because you are a uh, pastor's daughter, I was thinking that that is what you also tell me. But okay, now, just for, for the confirmation, have you heard people uh, give you their experience like that, that they hear this, I don't know, call it from heaven, like Abraham, I don't know, something like that? De definitely, I've heard so too. And I actually do believe in it. But the primary way of God leading his children is a knowing. Yeah. If you, if you constantly hear God audibly, you would run mad. Yeah. If you constantly, note my word, constantly, it's a, it's once in a while experience and it's for a purpose. God usually would do that to people who are not even desiring it now. That's it. Not even desiring it. So for people who are sleeping on mountains, oh my God, Father, I want to hear you. They usually don't come into it. In fact, what they, they may eventually have such encounter, but they, they, are, they, they don't know it's not God. Because such prayer requests open you up to 
you know, the realm of the spirits is not is a is a realm, and different spirits are there. I don't know if you understand me. Mm-hmm. So most Try people to. would eventually hear other things, and it's not God. So the primary way of God leading His children is through the annoying. It's annoying, and by the word of God as well. So it's annoying. I just know. As I'm talking to you right now, I can I'm I'm not hearing any words, but I can just tell you, uh, sorry, sir, just a few seconds ago, I perceived something in my spirit. I didn't hear it. It's annoying. I just know that God is with me. God spoke to me. Yes, so that's it. Mm-hmm. So there is a difference between this knowing and those voices that people are talking about? Yes, there is, because there is actually audible audible encounter people have. Yeah, there is something like that. I won't say because I've not had one. And now say it does not exist. It exists. People actually have spectacular experiences. But then the word of God says that we walk not by we walk by faith, not by sight. There, there's a reason why God has made the core principle of the Christian faith around why He has surrounded it around faith. It's because we are prone to always relate to God based on what we see. So people say, I feel it. It's not a feeling. As I'm seated right now, I don't feel born again. Trust me. But then I know I am born again. So then it tells me that it's not a feeling. It's not that I feel. I didn't, my skin tone did not change when I took God serious. I didn't grow taller. I didn't, nothing happened to me, really. It's annoying. And it's the way it's that that same uh, belief applied to other areas in the Christian living, both hearing God and what have you. Mm-hmm. All right. That's good. Um, that, that, is, that is fair enough. So now you write content about around faith, right? Yes, I do. Uh-huh. So you, did you say anything as to why you started to write content? Why you started to become a content writer? Do you want to share anything about that? Okay, so I, I've always known I am a... I've always known I can write. Yeah. And that would be, I discovered that at age 12. I was in GSS, now, this GSS two or two or three now, I can't remember. When, what, what made me discover that was when, so there's this uh, sanitary pad brand that came to my, no, yeah, that's always. P&G is actually the brand, but the name of the product is always. I'm not sure if this is allowed always. to be. Yes, always, always. That's the name of the, the sanitary pad, but the name of the brand is PNG now. So they, they were to have this. Uh, so they came to my mom's school, not even my school now. They said they need uh, interested participants now to submit an essay. They should talk about myself in 10 years. I was 12 then. And <laughs> so I wrote an essay. And I won. I won 100,000. My essay actually impressed everybody that, that read it. Trust me. Like, my, my mom was so proud. She was like, how did I? Like, it wasn't just that I just wrote out what I want to be in 10 years. There was a way I presented it. So I started, I can't remember now, but I started out by talking a, a bit about experiences two years before that particular age. Remember I was 12 then, and then I proceeded. I think I I stopped at five years, and then my five years going forward, I made them more like speculations. I think I was realistic. That was another thing. I was 
under I, I communicated um I communicated yeah that's it smart I've been looking for the word it was it was smart specific measurable achievable realistic and time bound and looking at it now I think I've achieved everything I said there yeah I'm proud to say that one of the things I said there was that I'll be done with school one was that I would be but then I think I've, I've done well with what I wrote. So let me just go back to it. That was actually my first, uh, I've been writing before then, but just probably just catching out stories in my house, writing out. There's this, there's this uh, favorite uh, author, uh, what's his name? His name is Isaac Sunt. I've forgotten his name, but he, he wrote about, I think I read five of his books when I was in primary school. She need to do the troublemaker, just funny stories here and there, but I loved it. And then it inspired me. But it was actually at age 12 I realized that I think I, I have a way of many people have so many things on their head, but they can't pin it down. I think I can. That was my first encounter with my my the writing part of me that I have so many things on my head and I have the great ability to put it down. So you can read me and you will be, you'll be blown away. I don't have to talk. My writing alone can blow you away. And But then I didn't, I didn't work on it. But it came to play when I was in SS1 that I had to I had to write a poem for the prize giving day ceremony. And I was called upon and I did that too. And many people were intrigued as well. Oh, you wrote this, you wrote that, that's interesting. But then it still wasn't a thing. I didn't really see, because I didn't even know writing was a career. I didn't know people going to it. I didn't know at all. So leaving school at age 16 was actually when I, I, when I began to explore social media. And I saw that, oh, when Facebook asks people what's on their mind, people actually put what's on their mind, and other people enjoy what's on their mind. Mm. And it, it began to make sense to me that, okay, I have a lot of things on my mind, I don't have a blog. I don't have where I can sell it, but I can put it down. So I, I, I probably will just go out, see someone, and when I get home, I will, I would, I can, I can, I'll, I'll come on Facebook. When they ask me what's on my mind, I would say, um, okay, so I, I was going out today, and then I entered uh, a public transport. I gave the the driver so, so, so amount of money. He returned it. He didn't give me change. And then I let it be, or probably someone intervened and just allowed it. And I'll just pick a lesson that, okay, I think we need to do better. Just life lessons here and there. And I saw that if I don't post in a week, there's someone in my DM, in my inbox rather, there to question me. We've not heard from you this week. And I'm like, okay, it looks like I'm becoming a public figure. It looks like I'm, 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 being, I'm being looked out for, quote and unquote, so I became a sensation. Yeah, I would say that I was an internet sensation. Beside on Facebook, I became a teen seller because I was a teenager. Many people did not know that. So when they found out, when they had just announced my age, and I think the post, this was back, this was, as in, the, 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 the post gained, I think it went viral. I had 1,000 something likes on it back then. Trust me. And everybody was like, with this girl, are you for real? You're a teenager, really? I said, then I had 4,000 followers. 
So everybody was always after me or really, trust me, I had not entered school. I was a jambi trying to get herself into school, going for post-TME here and there. So it, it was, uh, it was, it, it, it was a thing for most people, and everybody began to uh, tell other teenagers, look at you, miss. I remember there's this woman that was based, and I'm not sure I've lost contact with her, but she's based, she was based in London then. Her name is BC something. I can't remember the surname. She specifically told me to, like, she told her daughter to add me up on Facebook. So she came to me and told me she wants me to draw her clothes. You know, just seeing a teenager doing something different the way I, I, I was doing things then, we probably just set her on a path that is contrary contrary to what she was about doing. I think she wasn't getting it wrong. The useful, her mother especially was worried. So yeah, that was just it. And from there, there was there was this writing competition that uh, creative writers now wanted to organize. And someone said, come on board. I was even thinking they wanted me to contest until they said no, they wanted me to be an editor. And for everything people invited me to do, it made me find out that I could do them. So I, I was not a trained editor. Look at that. I was not a trained editor when they told me to come and work as an editor. But they just felt like, she writes well, we don't see blunders, it's fine. And they brought me in. So I remember the day they told me, you'll be working with us as an editor. This is what I did. So I went to the internet, I started researching, what would an editor do? Imagine, oh, this was an international ethnic competition. I'll be editing entries from people all across the world. Or let me say, I, I won't say all across, but then it wasn't national based, it was international based one. So definitely I'll be reviewing entries from people outside the country. So this was what I did. I, I've, I've always been a confident person. So I would never appear, uh, I, I would never appear like I don't know what I'm doing at all. So the whole thing started and I, I was given an account, my personal account, and they forwarded some entries to me. I began to look at them. I didn't even, I didn't force it. I didn't tell anyone I didn't have experience. I just sat with it, did my, like, just remember, I'd not entered school. I was just 17. I'd not entered school. And I just I used my little English knowledge. I just, I brought it down to the table. I researched everything and I submitted. And nobody said, oh, you did not review this. And I was so proud of myself. I was like, oh, wow. So that was it. My discovery, I can go on and on telling you how I even discovered that I could write fictional. My first attempt to write fictional was me rephrasing the story of Jesus. And I posted it on the internet. And everybody read till the part, to the, to the, to the, uh, to the letter part. And it was then they realized, are you, so it was Jesus so okay are you for real like wait a minute this is jesus's story and this was what you came out and i intrigued everybody and everybody was like you can start a blog the first person my first blog was a gift was someone that saw me on the internet and felt like you this teenager you are doing a lot you need to be as <laughs> so it was i i got on wordpress it was uh it was it was an unpaid one though but the person sat down, designed it for me, and that was how I got into blogging. Yeah, I stopped blogging a year or two after, but that was how I got into fictional writing. Because I, even till now, whenever I get to read what I wrote that year, I'm always intrigued that, okay, if I did this at the age of 16, 17, 
I, I really, I can do well. I can do better. And I remember I did a series to maybe a year after I did that. I did a series about 10 episodes and it really went viral. Still on the internet, the man I married, everybody copied it. So at some point I lost access. I lost copyright to it because when people repost it, they copy it and they paste it. They don't, they don't credit it. So that was something that also discouraged me. I wasn't, I, I didn't have, yeah, at some point a, a lawyer reached out to me now. Her name is, I can't remember, I lost touch with so many persons now. Her name is uh, Chi, is it Chi Buye or something? She's a lawyer now. She's, she's a, she's, a, yeah, she, yeah, she's a lawyer. And she reached out to me Then she said she wants to always help me with my, with my writing, she wants to help me going to, so when I, before I take jobs, I should enter contracts with people. That was, that was really, I didn't even understand it, really, imagine. She just saw me and she felt like, okay, you're being cheated as a teenager. It should not continue. And she got, she, she helped me for a while. But 2017, 2018, I really got serious with admission because my parents, really wanted me in school. Aside from they wanted wanting me to go to school, I also wanted to go to school. I wasn't ready to allow the fame. I, yeah, trust me. I had 5,000 friends at some point that I had 3,000 followers. That's 8,000 together. Look at this. Trust me. And I was just 17. So I had to take a break and had to focus on my education because it, it was fame was getting to me. There was hardly nowhere I would get to. And they would say, are you Eunice Oladokun? Are you that teenager? Oh my God. My parents were so proud because when they go to church, everybody would look at them. And so they, they pastored a, a small community, a remote area. But then people in mega city, mega churches knew me. So when the a meeting bring um, when there was a meeting that brought people together, they would see them and they would be like, Oh, you are you're Reverend Oladoku, you are Genesis dad. So he he, my, my parents were so proud of me. Yeah, they are. They, they still are. So that was how writing started for me. So when I take a break, 20, I took a break. Well, not a conscious break. It was just me. Uh, I channeled my energy into something else. So it was not like I took a, it was not a conscious break. Energy just got diverted and it, it got reduced on that end. So, and that was it. And it was studied. So I gained admission shortly after. That was 2017, 2018. Then I went to school and then I stopped writing on Facebook. See you. That, that, that's really lovely. That's really, really lovely. And that is encouraging also to uh, other people, younger people out there who are listening, you know, because that is how life really is, you know, in that you, you just find what you love to do. I usually say this often because that is the real essence of life because we are all here in this world to serve other people. Because if you are serving, if everything you have, everything you know, everything within your power is to serve yourself, then you are useless to your society. Mm-hmm. Because we are all supposed to serve in one way or the other. And the way to serve, we are going to decide this one. Look at yourself. What can you do? If we manage to find that thing that we can do, then let's put all our energy into it. Because then will be helping this world to become a better place. This is really very interesting. I find a lot of interest in your story. Now, are you still um, 
blogging, I mean, those things that you that you wrote, have they lost somewhere or have you been able to put them together in a blog like you were talking about before? Okay, so like I said, when I, when I took a break and when I now eventually came back into writing, that was 2020, then I'd, I had I'd gone to school, apparently, gained exposure, I understand what monetization is, I understand then I think school made me realize that I really did a lot of free things I shouldn't have done. Well, it's fine, no regret at all. It made me add connection, but I feel people would just call me. And I was a poet too. I was because I I, I would say was because I don't attempt poems, poetry anymore. But I, I was I was so good with poetry. Trust me, you 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 would you you might be forced to think that I, I was a literature student. Yeah, so people will call me. My wife tomorrow is my wife's birthday. Unis, I needed to help me write something for her. I was I wrote poems for people for birthday. I wrote tributes. So there, there's this man. His name is uh Ramilode. He was he died twenty. I can't remember the year now, but he was the founder of this popular, not so popular anymore, insurance company in Nigeria. And someone called me and said we needed to write a tribute for him. Yeah, this was a, a burial. His burial was attended by, I mean, dignitaries in Nigeria, the likes of uh, Lucia Gobasojo, the, the the president in tenure there, and other dignitaries. I think most of them are dead by now, maybe just Lucia Gobasojo. But yeah, talk about good luck, Jonathan, they were there. And they told me to write a tribute. I was I was so honored. So I, I did that. Trust me, I didn't collect money. <laughs> but in that school, why did they collect money from that from that work? I think when they asked me, I, ju- I didn't just see it. I didn't think they have to pay. Trust me, I just did not think they have to pay. I just gave them, and I I do my best to I push out my my oh my god the way I write. I don't write because uh, uh, they gave me money or something. Even now, I'll come to that. It's not like I don't do free jobs. You know, just last week, I had to revamp someone's CV. She didn't pay me. Her husband, I worked with her husband previously. And I think she loved what I did for her husband. Her CV is quite good. She just need to, she needed to revamp it. So when I got it, I just thought I would do it for free. And when I gave it to her, you needed to see the energy I, I, I inserted into her work. You would thought that I was paid, I was paid a monthly salary. A month's salary, rather, to do the job. Yeah, so I've, I've always been like that. I don't tone down energy, whether paid or unpaid. So I, that was what I did, and I delivered well. So entering school, school made me realize that, okay, there is something called monetization. I can monetize this skill. There is more to what I, I think I can do. And I was introduced to other areas of writing. So I began to see, okay, I can do content writing, I can do article writing. There is also that of poetry. There is editing now. Editing and proofreading is also also a style of writing. Do not fully write it now. I can also do people who do feature writing for product. People who do copywriting now. So school exposed me to all of this. So 2020, I just, like I said, I'm not someone that, I didn't go to school to learn all of these things. I am I'm someone that will pass as an information marketer because that thing people don't want to do, which is to go uh, to the internet, sit down and gain information. I can do it for free. 
trust me, I have lots of information with me that I did not go to any school. I never sat under any coach. I just took out my time, sat down on the internet, and I gained the knowledge. Currently, I one of the jobs I get now is that I write statement of purpose, cover letter for people. I revamp CV. I also write CV from the scratch. And trust me, I never learned any of this thing from anyone. I just I just take my time, sit with internet. I communicate because I feel like all of these things are there. You just need to be intentional. Many people will come and tell you, come and pay two thousand naira to get this PDF. Yes. Trust me, you should pay them because what you couldn't do is what that person did. But then what the person is giving you is everywhere. You just you know you just don't want to sit with the internet to get with, to, to get that information and you get to pay for it, <laughs> which is fine. It's, it's very it's very interesting, you know, because you know the information that is not really new, you know, that everything that you need is available. Um, information okay it's not that people in nigeria are probably beginning to wake up to the idea that just by writing you can be paid for that no because for very many years people think that it was just a waste of time and you should be studying to become an accountant or a lawyer or an engineer you want to be a writer what does that mean being a writer oh come on that is nothing they don't know that you can make a lot of money for it because in some other places in the world anything at all you know is business anything at all if it is just talking that can be a business if it is just writing that can be a business anything at all you know how to do you can make money from it you know how to paint that is money you see so <laughs> i find it very interesting that um, many people are beginning to wake up to the idea that that thing that they are doing is the actually the thing that they are supposed to do i mean the thing that they love to do and in most of the cases, because people will ask, how can I find what is my calling? Or, okay, I'm not talking in terms of uh, spiritual or religious things now. Calling is not only linked to religious thing. This is life mm. thing. Yeah, because we, we need to understand that we are living in a world. In this world, we are called upon to make to make our contribution. So it doesn't mean that it must be linked to, to faith. So the, to make a better contribution, you must ask yourself, what can you do? Uh, one of the ways to know what you can do is to see which one comes easy for you. Because like you said, no, many people will have to go to school to learn what you are doing. But for you, it becomes very easy. That is how the, uh, the, whatever it is that you believe in is telling you this is your way. Because you don't need to struggle very hard now to do it. Alright, tell me, what is your plan for the future about your content writing? Okay, so... When I actually studied uh, business education, accounting option in school, and I'm currently a professional student with the Institute of Child Accountants of Nigeria. <laughs> I'm sure, I'm sure you probably didn't see that coming because obviously you just wonder, oh, what's she doing there? Yeah, I have a very deep and genuine interest for corporate finance, and I discovered that in my third year in school. That's why I found out that I actually do have interest in corporate finance, personal finance, and management consulting now. That's a side right now. So my plan, the way I've been able to channel my energy into all of these things is that I see that as my, my main career. I see writing as a gig career for me, something I do, but then I, I would, I, I don't see it as, I see writing as something great. I mean, talk about what has paid my bills for many years. 
has to do writing. But my my career interest in corporate finance, it's not it's not even paying me yet. But then I'm earning skill in it. So that's why I'm pursuing professionalism, getting certifications and qualifications. So leaving this uh, compulsory program, Nigerian educational system is making me go through. I would definitely launch into corporate finance, personal finance or management consulting. Yeah, so so writing for me would be just a side also for now. And that's because I feel like I'm, I'm coming back to it. One of my one of my one of the thing I intend to do this year, which uh, I okay, I'm not I'm not really clear on that. Why is it a side hustle? I I, I actually do want writing. I've been into it for years, but I just feel like writing is a shadow of other things and potential I have. Yeah, I have a great or uh, a, a fair enough numerical skill that can that can battle in the corporate finance world. I have interest in finance. I love the whole idea of investment, asset management, equity, merger and acquisition. It interests me. I have I've been interviewed once before and someone said you so much love the idea of business. Like, you need to see the way I was talking because I was given a case study and I was the profile solution and I was gesticulating. And the interviewer was so intrigued. She was like, you love this thing so much. Yes, I didn't know. Until I, I started opening my mind to it and I saw that, okay, this is something good. I want to do this. Yeah, but it's not something I want to do for in a while. Maybe just something I want to do for 10 years. I actually have a long-term goal I can't share on camera now, which is uh, a blend of the two. You have no idea. But my future, let me just let me just talk about my plan for writing now. My plan for writing is, yeah, to continue with it because I'm so versatile in it that even when I get home late at night from work, I just get a call. Oh, Eunice, I need you to quickly write a statement of purpose. I've written a 2000 statement of purpose before in just an hour. And that's because I am so, I'm so good at it. So even when I'm at work, when I'm on break, I bring in clients to work and I start working. I do, I do other stuff now. But there's a part of writing that stresses me that may not really allow that. And that's article writing. Sorry, that's um, academic writing. I do academic writing, but the academic writing takes time. And I feel, okay, if I would really want to go into this other career interest I have, I may have to tone down, tone that down and just speak, see writing as a gig and just move with the, the cover letter part, the statement of purpose, helping people with... All right, uh, writing as a side gig. I'm interested in that. In that. Now, assuming... Um, Money was not the issue. What would you like to do? Choosing between writing and corporate finance and all other things that, that are at your possibility now. What would you choose? For, for a while, I didn't actually get money from writing. And that was a choice, though. I just, I turned down every job. It was a time I just needed to not, I sincerely, I don't really know how to explain it, but there are those times I make some decisions that are best known to me, and I just didn't take any job there. But that time, I have a newsletter community where I talk about faith, career, love, um, just lifestyle generally, and I pushed out content every time. During that time, too, for friends that needed me to edit their books, two of my friends published their books then, I got on it for free. So writing for me is, like I said, there were times I did not know writing could give me money. 
and I still, I did it. So I, for example, I work with a publication unit in two ministries where I actually, I, I review entries and I still write for them. And I intend to get back into blogging very soon. So I stopped writing. So probably you want to work, watch out for www.unisolado.com. I want to revive my blog and that would definitely be my web address if I get to do it before the end of this year. Yeah, so writing will still continue. That's what I'm saying. Writing will still continue for me, whether I'm being paid for it or not. I would still do it. I have I have a plan of training. There's some people that reached out to me on WhatsApp because I even write on my WhatsApp status. I write on you would you would you would always know that okay, this girl is a writer everywhere. So there are some persons that notice how I caption my post on WhatsApp and they reached out to me. I have about ten people now. I want many other people to show interest. I don't want to announce it because I know when I announce it, they will show interest. I just want people that observe and want to learn to keep submitting their entries. So when they submit their entries, I would, sorry, not entries now, to keep submitting their interests, sharing their interests. So I would collate the names and possibly I would, I would figure out something I want to do. Probably just hold a mini class on writing, how to kickstart writing. Trust me, to be for free. Because writing for All right, me, now, Eunice, let, let's, let's give this writing love. And let's give it percentage of love. 10 to 0, no? 0, of course, means 0. 10 is the highest. How much do you love writing? Give it a percent. 10. 10. Okay. Now, if it is 10, why is it a, a side gig for you? When I mean side gig, it's just that when I mean side gig now, is that it's something that at different points, I may not... I may not make a living for it, yeah. And which would be my intention, my, my intentional action now. Like I would just tell myself, okay, for this month, I think I don't want jobs because probably there's a nine to five there. There's a reason why I'm going into finance. Like I said, I have a long-term goal and entering into finance would get me there. Do you get? There's a life I want to live at my 40s. Yeah, definitely have staff, have companies, and I need the knowledge of corporate finance. So that's why I want to enter there. So even if I'm not be, I may not, be, I may not earn a living, like I mean a penny now from it. I would definitely still be writing, writing for myself. All right, uh, um, Eunice. <laughs> if all of them were equal, you know, the economy would say everything be the same. No, if everything were the same, say maybe writing will pay you equal with the corporate finance and you were to choose between the two which one would you choose i would still choose the way i'm choosing it i will go into corporate finance and take writing alongside like i said you won't grab what i'm saying because it's it's my long-term goal that is pushing me into this and i i sincerely would have it the way i i've, I've just mentioned earlier it's not about the money writing can pay me anything it's not about the money i've i've trust me corporate finance has not paid me anything it's just a career path i'm about to go in and i'm gaining skill in it. it hasn't paid me anything and i'm loud about it so it's not i don't think even if it's uh writing begin to pay me a very competitive amount with it i don't think i would drop it all right that's interesting i love it's that it's not something i want to do for a long time it's a means to an end do you understand me uh -huh. all right now what would be your final statement here because this will really be very interesting i want you to conclude it in a way that it makes sense to you Okay, so my last words. So I believe uh, people of my age are watching this. Other people are watching. 
younger folks are also watching. To the younger folks, I would just say, you have, I've shared a bit of how it was like in your age. Discover yourself. That's just it. Discover yourself. There, there are a lot of things about you that you are yet to find out. Discover it. No limitation. Just always tell yourself no limitation. There's a side to you. When you thought you've, you've gotten to that point, you can't go for that. It's actually the point your strength lies. Trust me. To the people my of my age, people in my... I, I, I don't want to... I don't, I don't think I... I, definitely when I mean my age, people in their 20s now, I'm just saying just be the best. This is the time to really uh, go that extra mile. I see people tell me, Eunice, you need to tone down. I think you do a lot of things. And I tell them, yes, I will tone down. There's an age to tone down. To tone down. This is not the age to tone down. This is the age where I can multitask. My brain can grab so many things. I can read... Uh, Actually, there's a fun fact about me. I have I've read 14 hours in each uh, for 30 days. Like I read 14 hours back to back for 30 days. Trust me. And I look at myself. I don't have. I don't think I will have that capacity in my 30s, which is fine. So why should I tone down? When would I think I will do that? So I'm just telling people: in your 20s, please give it all it takes. Don't tone down. Push. So you can have a very relaxing moment of your the, the relaxing moment of your life, that time when the toning down will make sense. So the uh, older people, I just say, if you no regret at all, I know someone will look at me and wish, oh, I wish, I wish. No, 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 no. The best days of your life are not behind. The best days of your life are ahead. Just tell yourself that. If you tell yourself that, it would make you start a conscious living, and then you would just eat it from there. Thank you so much. Thank you so much, Eunice. See, that really be very beautiful. Thank you, too. Thank you for having me. It's such a privilege to be on this podcast. Thank you. If you enjoy this podcast, make sure you subscribe so you never miss any of our future episodes. Rate our review Obehead podcast and share with your friends who might need it. I remain Obehead a Thank you so much for listening. I'll talk to you in the next episode.